are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Ready? Go, go, go. We are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. <laughs> Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason.
grace and peace to you. I'm glad to be back here with you on a Sunday morning. Of course, this channel was given a second strike uh, due to the reading of Matthew 24, and when I appealed it, I even quoted the scriptures. They accused me of inciting violence, and it was actually in Matthew 24. I think the word K-I-L-L was in there, and their bot misinterpreted it, but apparently a human said that it is not good, and my appeal was rejected. Uh, so uh, it is very important for you, if you have not subscribed to uh, Rumble or Podbean, uh, if you're just on this platform, you're not going to get all the shows anyways. So I do implore you to uh, seek us out on other channels as well. Hey, I appreciate you being here. Um, this is my favorite show of, of the week, uh, traditionally, and, uh, you know, looking forward to being back on YouTube. And I really do like this platform. It's, uh, it's really good. I love the chat and all that stuff. And, you know, this is a, a less than triumphant return, and I'm going to beg for your uh, forgiveness if I have to mute myself or go off screen for a few minutes. I woke up Tuesday feeling fine, but by the afternoon I was in uh, double layers of clothes and uh, and freezing underneath a blanket, uh, and there's still stuff uh, that the Lord is exiting from my body, and I thank him for it, and I really do thank the Lord for, you know, not feeling perfect today because it actually lends a certain humility uh, to this and to be able to read the word. And really, I, you know, my wife was even saying, maybe you shouldn't do the show, uh, but I want to do it in his strength and not depend on mine. And I know many of you feel the same way, praying for you, Kathy, and uh, praying for the little dog, Ollie, and, uh, and Beulah, and Angie, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we all kind of got hit at the same time. So uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for our perfections and to know that we are uh, weak while still in this flesh and we need to depend on his strength. So Father God, I give you thanks for this day and I give you thanks for everyone who is joining today, Lord. And Lord, as we study your word, Father God, I pray that it comes through by your spirit, by your grace and mercy on us and our, your love for us, that your word will speak to each individual in the way that they are meant to receive it, to get the peace that they were brought here by your spirit to receive. Father God, you are so good to us. And it is not by bread that we live, but by the word of God alone. And Father God, we thank you for that. We thank you that your word is alive and that your spirit is manifest in all who choose your name. Lord, we pray for an even furtherance of your gospel, a further spreading of your word, Lord, that it may reach all the corners of the earth. And Lord, that you'll use us here in this community to be a part of that and spreading your gospel. So Jesus, I pray for the reading of your word today and for everyone who is here, 
with us. May you strengthen their legs and have them ready for battle. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So today we are starting with Ephesians chapter 3. And there's no mistake that uh, that the Lord led us to Ephesians uh, in this time. And I suspect, you know, in in the first three chapters of Ephesians, it's more or less who we are in Christ. And the next three chapters are going to be how to walk out uh, our being in the kingdom and chosen sons and daughters of the King Most High. Um, I want to start out the reading today, however, just at the end of chapter two, because chapter three, really, it's a it's almost an uncomfortable break. Um, it's kind of halfway through a thought. So I'm going to start in verse 19 of chapter two. So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Chapter 3. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you, Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the administration of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before briefly. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to mankind as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all saints, this was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to enlighten all people as to what the plan of the mystery is for which ages has been hidden in God, whom created all things, so that the multifaceted wisdom of God might now be known, be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have had boldness and confident access through faith in him. Therefore, I ask, 
you not to become discouraged about my tribulations in your behalf, since they are your glory. For this reason, I bend my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner self, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend to all the saints what is the width and the length and the height and the depth to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the fullness of God. Now to who, now to him who is able to do more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us to obey to his, sorry, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Uh, God bless your word, Lord. So, you know, there's a little note at the beginning of the chapter here, and it says Paul's stewardship. Obviously, that jumps out at me. Uh, if you've been following the channel for a little bit of time. And it really is stewarding what God has given Paul and how he stewards it by giving it to you and me. And just uh, one other note. Um, have you been enjoying the Proverbs this month? I, I know many of you have. Um, it seems that just about every day, the same amount of people, and it's over a thousand, uh, listen to the Proverbs uh, every day. So thank you for doing that. I really think, I really believe we're growing together for it. And this wisdom is going to be much needed for this year. So I pray also that that really takes root in your spirit. All right. So obviously the very first sentence of chapter three jumps out at me and it says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. Now, we just went through the study of Acts, and of course we saw Paul being turned over to the Romans and being brought to Rome. And it's the Romans who put the shackles on Paul. So why does he say, that he is a prisoner of Christ. And being a prisoner doesn't sound like a good thing, does it? Who want, No one wants to be a prisoner. But yet Paul is kind of boasting about it here. So what does he mean to be a prisoner 
of Christ Jesus. Put uh, put something in the chat. <laughs> Maybe I'll get some wisdom from you. I pray I do uh, get some wisdom from you. Why does Paul claim he's a prisoner of Christ for the sake of us Gentiles? Why not the Jews? Interesting, right? Well, I think what Paul is really saying here, actually, let me, an ambassador in chains. Yeah, very good answer. Very good answer. Um, I think what Paul is saying here is who has the authority in his life? Does he obey the Romans? Did he obey the other Pharisees after becoming saved? No, he was obedient to Christ. If we know anything about Paul, it's he is going to preach the word of Christ wherever he goes and to whomever he is in front of. So, Again, why does he say the prisoner of Christ Jesus? Well, I don't have the scripture pulled up, but the, the one story that comes to mind um, is when Jesus was being persecuted and he was brought in front of Pilate. And while he was standing there in front of Pilate, if you remember the story, he was remaining silent and, you know, all the Pharisees and others were accusing Jesus of all these things. And Jesus stood silent. He did not answer his accusers. And Pilate, of course, noticed this. So this would be unusual. No one, anyone who's, you know, facing death, you know, certainly would defend themselves, but Christ didn't. And then Pilate said something to Jesus. I'm paraphrasing here, but he goes, you know, why do you stand silent? I have the power to let you go, or I have the power to crucify you. And Jesus said something that was really profound as all of Jesus's words were, of course. But Jesus said, you would not have that power unless it came from above. So Jesus did not acknowledge the power of Pilate. He did in a way that saying it was given to him, but he put God the Father in the ownership seat of everything. And I really believe that this is what Paul is doing here. He's saying, yeah, the Romans are doing this by permission of God. That's why they've locked me up. This was Jesus' plan for me, so that I may be here and minister to the Gentiles. Paul saw his imprisonment as a way of furthering the gospel, not a hindrance. And he was thankful for it. 
So in so many of our circumstances, do we actually give the ownership of our lives over to God? Or do we let our circumstances take ownership? I can't do this because my car's broken. Or I don't have enough money to do this because, you know, my boss is an idiot or I lost my job. And those things are all real. But are you giving ownership to those things? Or is it because God is doing something and it's all by his permission? God is either sovereign and sitting on the throne or he's not. There's no exception. It's easy for us to say, woe to me. And certainly, I, listen, I'm a typical male, um, although I've, I've showed a lot of maturity this week in my estimation and not being a whiny, uh, woe to me husband. <laughs> you know, uh, men are terrible when we get ill. Uh, this week, I was still independent and was not uh, too much of a burden on my wife. And uh, not to let our circumstances overcome us. Give him the praise and the glory in all of these things. In verse 3, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery as I wrote you briefly. And we'll remember from the last chapter, the great mystery that was hidden throughout the entire Old Testament and even during Jesus's walk in the flesh on earth. The mystery of God's plan was not known to man. And of course, that mystery is that we the Gentiles are partakers in the kingdom of God. You see, it's no longer Jew or Gentile. We are also his people. Now it's saved and unsaved. That's all there is. There's no well, there is a Jew, and you know, God was the whole the whole you know Old Testament was really about the Jews, and even Jesus' ministry on earth, he preached to the Jews. But then, when the Holy Spirit came on that day of Pentecost, really, that was that was it. This is it was meant for because God doesn't want anyone to perish. And of course, so now we live in this time of the church and of the bride of Christ. And in the end days, it's going to be all about Israel again, after the church is removed in the Harpazo. So things will come full circle. But God did this for us. And why did he keep it a mystery? 
Well, the Jews were his people, and he wanted them to be stewards of this, and he used them as a very clear example for us about the trials that they had, how they rejected him, how they made idols. After God had done such amazing things for them, they still rejected him. And of course, they rejected Jesus as the Messiah. You know, they're still waiting for their Messiah to come. And they're going to choose a Messiah. And yeah, the people in Israel are going to be lifting up the son of perdition. Lord, we pray for them. Pray for everyone, everyone around the world. In the deepest jungles of Africa or South America, in Asia, the people of China, Iran, we are all meant to be partakers as part of his body. Lord, I pray more and more come. Verse 7, and and I'm being a little bit loose here with this today, if you don't mind, a little bit different than the normal way we study. But in verse 7, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. Now, Paul was born with some natural gifts. He may have been, you know, the most intelligent man to walk the earth, or one of them, certainly. He had natural gifts. He was brilliant. He was dedicated. He was a student, probably a perfectionist in many ways. But he claims that none of these things of his flesh, it was, it's God's power through him. Now, of course, each one of us has our own gifts. And God will use those natural gifts that he gave you because we are all part of the body and not one of us has it all. We can't do it alone. We need each other. You know, just earlier this week, um, actually it was on Friday, had a little meeting with some of the community, some people that I really love and trust. And, you know, we talked about some difficult issues um, in, in our understanding of the scriptures, how it's being delivered, whom it's being delivered by. And you know what? We don't all agree on things. And I was reminded, it was a couple of weeks ago, Eric, who uh, quite often put some really smart things in our chat when there was a disagreement. He said, you know, iron sharpens iron. This is good. And we don't have to agree on everything. The Lord allows us to go through different things 
to maybe receive from people who, you know, turn out later to not be entirely as they presented. But God can still use those people. God can use whom he chooses, saved or unsaved. God can let even his saved, even his elect, fall into the trappings of the devil and to maybe even be used by the devil. And yes, brothers and sisters, you have been used by the devil at some point, and you probably will again. But we, God allows us to go through that, and then he pulls us out. If we press into him, if we don't press into him, if we don't know his word, God will allow us to stay there longer. Typically, there's no concrete answer to all these things, but typically, it's by knowing the word of God and our surrender to be a prisoner to Jesus Christ. <sighs> Verse 8, to me, the very least of all saints this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. You can't even imagine the riches of Christ. And to enlighten, not to illuminate, <laughs> uh, to enlighten all people as to what the plan of the mystery is for ages has been hidden in God. It was hidden in him. Ah, that's so rich. Who created all things so that the multifaceted wisdom of God may now be known through the church through you, church, to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. How does God use us to speak of his unfathomable riches to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Okay, I need some help with this one, folks. Um, oh, that's so good. That's so good, Kim. Man's extremity is God's opportunity. I am an ambassador in chains for Christ. I will lean only on him and not my own understanding because nothing makes sense. 
<laughs> Jesus alone has the light out of the tunnel. Excellent revolutionary bliss. So how does God use us to speak to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places? Well, I think the answer will come as we continue. This was in accordance to the eternal purpose which was carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. The eternal purpose. Remember, God is either sovereign or he's not. He's the beginning and the end. Yes, he gave us free will, but he knows which way you're going to choose. He knows every thought you have. He knows every hair on your head. He's almighty. <laughs> what else can you say? <clears throat> Excuse me. In whom we have the boldness and confident access through faith in him. Do you have confident access through faith? Oh, just one second. Excuse me. Ah. Are you confident that God hears your words? <clears throat> Are you confident that God knows your thoughts? If you are, that's faith. Verse 13, therefore, I ask you not to become discouraged about my tribulations in your behalf, since they are your glory. What wisdom, what perfect man. <clears throat> I pray, Lord, mature me to this understanding that Paul had. Only by your spirit, Lord. <coughs> I really apologize, folks. Don't be discouraged about Paul being in prison, he's saying, because it's on your behalf. The Lord has Paul in prison for you to get the gospel. And it is for your glory. Because, of course, once his glory comes into you, you're kind of glorified. Not that it's anything to do with you, but how can you not be glorified if you have his glory in you? Praise the Lord. So then he goes into a prayer. Um, and I find this interesting here. For this reason, I bend my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So Paul is saying he's bending his knee, and I think going down on your knees is such a wonderful way to pray. 
to be honest, I don't do it that often myself. I do sometimes. Sometimes I fall on my face, believe me, um, just out of reverence for him. But it is submission. But I, I know I don't have to say this, but, you know, you can pray sitting. You can pray standing. You can pray walking. You can pray running. You can pray out loud. You can pray in your head. It's okay. Sometimes I think there's that physical motion can add to it. But don't get religious on that point. That's all I wanted to say about that. And that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in the inner self so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I find this odd. When he says, you know, we can't even comprehend the majesty of our Lord and the riches of his Lord. But then he says, he wants you to know the width and the length, the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge. Someone please explain that to me. <laughs> I uh, don't have particular revelation on that. I'm sure it's pretty easy. Um, and I'm not blaming not being at the top of my game. I did study for this. Um, perhaps it's to know. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Perhaps it's to know the measure in which it's been given to you and that you have room for more. How do we get more from the Lord? It's really simple, folks. And every one of you can do it, and don't you want to know how? You empty yourself more. Trade off the things of this world that are not rooted in Christ Jesus. You see, the gospel is really simple. People make it overly complicated. God created us. He created the world. He owns all of the world. He lets you steward yourself and whatever material possessions, family, friends, church members that he's given you. And you're to do his work. 
that's the gospel. When you're saved, I don't want to disregard salvation. Obviously, that's the whole precipice of entering into the family. But when you think about it, the gospel is not more than that. It's so simple. Do we go through hard times? Yes. Are you a parent? If you're not, you've had parents where someone took care of you in some other circumstances. And when you did wrong, you got reproved. A father disciplines those he loves. A mother or a father, even in the natural, we need to let our kids go through certain things. This is how they learn. If we're overprotective, they will rebel. They, you know, there's all kinds of things go wrong. We need to let them go through things. And God, our Father, allows us to go through these tribulations. And one of the things that I'm learning currently that I want to share with you in managing that relationship with Christ. Look, we, my wife can say something to me and I can react badly or someone else. Everyone does these things. You know, someone brushes you the wrong way. It, it just, we're not perfected in our flesh. But what the Lord has been ministering to me is how much faster do we turn it around and acknowledge our relationship with him and then turn whatever that situation is, instead of me confronting whoever it is that's in front of me or whatever it is in front of me directly, how quickly will I turn that and have Christ mediate the situation? Not only is Christ our great mediator to the Father and the Holy Spirit allows us to communicate with Christ, but it's through Christ that we're supposed to mediate or communicate with everybody that God lets us encounter. And the faster we change that reaction from just my fleshly, emotional response to mediating through God, through Christ Jesus, that's how we mature. And again, that's more emptying of ourselves and allowing him to fill us up. He is a gentleman. And just like a true gentleman would in a courtship with a lady not push himself on her, the Lord is the same way. He's a gentleman with us. As we desire him more, 
as we seek him out, as we get excited to be in his presence, that he manifests more and more in our life. And yes, with that, he's going to give us more tribulations. And I've said this many times on the program before, but when you get those problems, they're absolutely opportunities for his power to enter in. And as we start to react more speedily, as we lean on him more and have Christ mediate the situation for us, he gives us bigger problems. Congratulations. (laughs) There is no joy like this walk. Who else in the world other than a born-again believing Christian filled with faith and the Holy Spirit would see problems and celebrate, thank you, Lord, we're going to do this one together. And you have the almighty God who says, take my yoke for it is easy. Essentially, he just stands right beside you and puts his arm around you and says, let's go get it. Let's go get it, Jeff. Let's go get it, son or daughter. This is the simplicity of the gospel. So let's keep it simple and uh, let's not add to it or take away from it. And in the coming days, we're going to see some of that. Um, There was something else I wanted to say. I'm in a bit of a brain fog right now. Well, I'll just say to him, be the glory. And uh, I want to thank each one of you for being here. Uh, I'm really glad to be back and there may or may not be a show on Tuesday. Uh, There definitely will be on Thursday um, with God's grace, of course. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a wonderful time and it's going to be a wonderful time to have, I I, I just got to, I'm going to coin that mediating grace through the Lord Jesus. Um, Last thing, uh, just mylibertystand.com. Please join us if you haven't. Man, there's some really good stuff going on, and we are actually building our own little kingdom community there, uh, and lives are being changed. Just uh, go to it at mylibertystand.com, and we'll see you there. Hey, thanks everyone for being here. May God richly bless each and every one of you. And in the meantime, remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.